0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Time for a look back on today's match. This is the full time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game
2: is brought to you by Equifax, proud partner of your Atlanta United, the Home Depot, with more ways to help take on your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. ATT, the official wireless partner of Atlanta United, Mercedes Benz, the best or nothing, and Piedmont, an official health care provider of Atlanta United.
0: The home for MLS in Atlanta, Sports Radio two nine, The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore.
2: 3-1 Atlanta United over Sporting Kansas City this afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of a crowd of 67,523. Never want to take numbers like that for granted, by the way. And the crowd had a lot to cheer for today. Atlanta United opening up a 2-0 lead just before halftime and then getting the kill shot with Caleb Wiley in the 88th minute after Daniel Shaloui scored off a corner in the 85th minute. I still believe, for the most part, the game control felt like it was in Atlanta's favor today. And in context of what we saw in the preseason, uh, this was a good performance by Atlanta United. Certainly, they've graduated quite a bit from where they were two weeks ago down in Guadalajara. But I think what stands out to me the most, Jason, is Luisa Arrugiu getting hurt in the first 20 minutes, Gonzalo Pineda problem-solving by inserting Dom Dwyer into the match, and it was really Atlanta United not losing a beat all afternoon with so many different faces in different places today.
1: Yeah, I think you see the difference between preseason and the regular season and, and what you had to do here to compete. Preseason... You know, you're building. You're working on things. You're not working on results. Here, it's about the result and whatever you got to do to get the result. Atlanta, after the change, after Araujo has to go off, they weren't able to keep the possession the same way. They weren't able to really win the ball back as quickly because you lose Araujo's defensive work. As much as you lose him in the attack, you lose that ability to counter press as effectively. So you have to defend a little bit more. You have to defend from a little bit deeper position. They handled it. They didn't fall apart when their strategy had to change. And that's a credit to the work that they put in at the training ground, the work that they put in in the preseason matches, that two weeks in Guadalajara, where you're building all of these different scenarios. I don't know how much you worked on Dom Dwyer as a winger, (laughs) but you worked on how you play in different phases of the game. And we talked about both teams here wanting possession. Both teams built to play with the ball at their feet. Atlanta was able to adjust when they weren't able to do that. And I think Kansas City, when they didn't have possession early on in the match, they really were struggling to play. They really couldn't affect the game very much. Even when Atlanta didn't have possession, they were able to affect the match and make an impact. Well, the
2: man of the match brought to you by Heineken, look, I proposed Tyler Wolfe. I thought he did a great job today. I thought both center backs never took a step wrong. Uh, Joseph had a role in two of the goals to assist today. In the stadium, they gave it to Andrew Gutman, and we're going to concur with that. Andrew Gutman, our man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. I really do believe Atlanta United is going to be able to maintain, if not evolve, at left back this year. George Bello off to the Bundesliga now, but Andrew Gutmann has been a very, very nice replacement.
1: He's a different kind of player, and he's a little more experienced than George Bello, a little bit older. It's Sometimes you get these situations where you change out a player, and both can be very talented, but it affects the other players around them. Gutmann fits right into this team perfectly and and he gives them a little bit more of an edge on that left side george bellow very smooth at times you almost take it for granted how smooth he was as a defender and getting forward gutman gives you a little bit of that grit and and we saw it in that play where he throws his body in front of a shot makes a play wins a tackle after that he won six tackles on the day that's a huge number ground duels nine of ten he won that's why he gets man of the match. He was consistently winning the ball back and making big plays defensively to kickstart the attack.
2: So, Andrew Gutman, man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. The statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official healthcare partner of Atlanta United. The shots were fourteen to twelve SKC, but remember, SKC is a team that takes a high volume of shots from outside the eighteen. So, as such, the shots on target today were six two Atlanta. Possession was 56-44 SKC. Big chances. This is, I think, synonymous for key passes. They have a new scoring system this year, but I'm going to go with big chances. It's
1: even bigger than than created chances. You have key passes, then you have big key passes. That's our big chances.
2: I'm going to be honest. They've switched to a new scoring monitor here, (laughs) and I can't find the key passes. I I, I can find the big chances, which were 5-1 Atlanta, and the expected goals were 2.4 to 1.4 in favor of Atlanta. It's a match that Atlanta United was in control of, at times even dominant, but it's a positive way to begin the season. Atlanta United in a rare position where they get three of their first four matches at home to begin the year. Now you can go out to Colorado next Saturday, play with a little bit of house money because you took care of business
1: today at home. 9-7 on chances created to Atlanta. Uh, Marcelino Moreno in only 15 minutes plus stoppage time of play created two. Joseph Martinez created two. Both of those were seen as big chances created. Uh, Brooks Lennon, a Marseidich, Mateus Osechu, Ronald Hernandez, and Tyler Wolf all created a chance. It, it's a game where look, you didn't have the possession battle, and we know Atlanta wants the ball. We know they want to they want to play with the ball. I think as they get a little bit deeper into the season with Tiago Almada, with Moreno playing 90 minutes, you're going to have more of the ball. You get Aruju back, you're going to have more of the ball. But you have to win some games where you don't. And that's maybe the biggest difference than last season. And it was something that Gonzalo Pineda talked about at the end of the year. On, on two fronts, he, he wanted to close games out. That's why you go get some more veterans. But he wanted to create those big chances. He wanted to create those big moments that change games. And you saw both happen today. They see the game out. They give up the goal. Didn't get wobbly. Didn't worry about it. It's a set-piece goal. It's, it's really well worked by Kansas City. Go down, put the game away. Really strong performance to get the three points that they deserve.
2: All right, we'll have more to come in a moment. The highlights coming up next as Atlanta United takes care of Sporting Kansas City 3-1 here on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Time report on uh, good afternoon for Atlanta United and for the 68,000 fans seeing Atlanta United with a 3-1 win over Sporting Kansas City. One of the things that we're kind of digging through the record books on right now, how many times in club history have two different players scored their first Atlanta United goal in the same match? That happened today. Dom Dwyer right before halftime and Caleb Wiley right before the end of the game. But it was Dwyer who gave Atlanta United the 2-0 cushion in first-half stoppage time after coming on as a first-half sub- to replace Louisa Arruju in the Atlanta United dressing room. Dom Dwyer joins us now on the full-time report. Dom, uh, welcome. first of all, welcome to Atlanta. You uh, definitely made yourself at home today, did you not? Hi, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, very happy to make my debut for this
3: club.
1: Um, you know, and obviously uh, uh, onwards and upwards. Yeah, not the ideal situation for your debut. Coming in in the first half after a substitution and playing on the wing, how many times have you been asked to do that in your career?
3: Um, Well, you know, I know we've got a very strong side, so I knew there was a chance I could play in any of those three positions. Um, Just got to watch the team. Um, You know, we've got a deep squad, so obviously it's not ideal to, you know, obviously come in a game um, in the first half with an injury. But, um, you know, I was able to adapt to the game, get into the rhythm of the game, and then, uh, you know, obviously we had a great team performance and got the result.
2: Dom, take me through the goal. I'm glad you point out team performance because in some ways this was very much a team goal. But take me through it with Wolf to Joseph up to you. And then the move you made uh, to get yourself free uh, to take that shot.
3: Yeah, it was a great ball from Joseph. You know, he he sucked so many players into him. Um, You know, they all got all dragged into him. And then uh, obviously he played a fantastic pass to me into space and, uh, you know, left me 1v1 with a defender. Um, Just cut inside and able to get onto my left foot and, and finish
1: feel a little different scoring in an atlanta shirt than last time you scored goals here
3: yeah i mean it's always a special feeling scoring your first goal obviously for a new club you know there's a little of anxiety a little stress you know you want to perform and play well um obviously against my old club as well it's a little bit of sweet yeah um but you know it's, it's a very special moment for me and my family uh
2: dom you're not the first player to come from the team in florida and then play here justin Murum did that and uh, was fantastic here in 2019 but um uh, uh, I'll be honest, I, I think there are some fans of Atlanta United who uh, have a lot of memories of you doing damage against this team in <laughs> an Orlando shirt. I'm wondering what your perception was of Atlanta United as this opportunity developed for you to go on trial and eventually play here. How did you feel about Atlanta as a club, as an outsider coming in?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a huge club. Um, you know, most teams don't come into MLS and. And find immediate success and uh you know that's something that atlanta did and obviously i played against atlanta many times and admire this club and the stadium and the fans and then you know obviously um every team in the lead had their pick of me um and and atlanta was the one that picked me so they gave me opportunity and uh you know i'm fully focused at this club I'm, i'm hungry for a lot more and you know it's a very good start for us and i'll just keep my head down keep working hard and uh you know keep getting three points for us
1: how has it been so far making the connections with your teammates i know you were really well received when you arrived in guadalajara building the connection with your attacking partners
3: yeah i mean it's a very special club you know um you know with i I know a lot of the guys personally you know um you know you play against a lot of them so um you know obviously to play with joseph and see him week in week out in training um you know it's, it's exciting and you know someone i can learn from and watch and Um, You know, we're building that chemistry as teammates and, uh, you know, gaining that understanding, and hopefully there's many, many more.
2: Well, Dom, uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, Great job today, well played, and we'll look forward to seeing you out in Denver this coming weekend. Thanks so much. I'm very happy to be here. I appreciate it all, guys. All right, thanks. Dom Dwyer, who scored for Atlanta United in first-half stoppage time. Let's now go back downstairs. Gonzalo Pineda is at the
4: podium. More and better chances than the opponent. Do you have an update on uh, Arahujo? Not yet, not yet, but obviously didn't look good you know when when someone someone feels like that um, after a sprint is is not a good uh, prognosis but we'll see
2: it, it was a hamstring though right it was yeah okay
4: um,
1: are you already thinking what this team could look like without without luis in the short term and long term and i'm just wondering if the two striker system is something that you have worked on how much have you worked on it you know dom and and joseph dom's a new player so i'm assuming there's been some rehearsal there but is that an option moving forward a two striker system
4: well, uh, first of all, we w- we will go game by game. I-, I I cannot think in longer term because you never know what what's happening. So to replace Luis if he's out for sure for the next game, we we have some options. I think so. You saw that Brooks is coming back from from his injury in the ankle, and then you know obviously Marcelino. You saw a little bit of that uh, with that assist. So he's kind of back there there might be some players from the visas processes coming back so so we're regrouping and we will have alternatives now the two strikers to be honest tactically is not my preference just because I feel that against back fours you lose the numerical advantage in other parts of the field. But some version of that I can see working where maybe you know Dom Dwyer runs around Joseph and Joseph just pick the right passes in between the lines or the opposite or, or they are alternate. Uh, but not because you see Dom and 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 Joseph on the field is because we're playing two forwards. Dom can also play a bit on the side on the flank as, as we you saw today.
1: Do you feel quickly that uh, midfield creativity, is that something that Thiago Almada can add to? Is that, did you like what you saw from the midfield today as far as, not just possession and, and positioning, but there there seems to be sometimes a lack of creativity. Is that something that you want to to help out here?
4: Well, I- I disagree a little bit with with that statement that we lack creativity. I think we were creative. The problem is uh, we we miss a couple chance, uh, a couple passes, right? That's what we I was saying. Like we were in those spaces, cre- creating those gaps, and then the final pass was missing. So probably yes, Tiago Almada for sure will help on that and the delivery and the final pass, the killer pass. He's very good on that. So obviously when he's integrated to the team and once he's back and we're sure that. Uh, his fitness levels are up to the standard of an MLS game, he will join the team and hopefully he helps on that. But I was very happy, very pleased with the three midfielders. I felt that Roseto, Amar and Ossi did a lot of the dirty job just chasing, pressing, counter-pressing but also making some interesting passes. I was um, very happy with some of those quick combinations, 1st time pass and then going in behind. So I was happy with that but obviously we need to improve in the final delivery and I think that also will come. Uh, as the season progresses. You, you you finished the game with four
1: uh, guys who traditionally are fullbacks on the field. Um, can you please talk about Andrew Gutman's uh, performance today? And do you view Lennon and Wiley as uh, kind of attacking wingers rather than fullbacks, or was that just... A function of this is who I had available today this is who I'm putting in?
4: Well it's a very good question because I didn't even think on that having four fullbacks at the end of the game. Uh, I think uh, over the course of the preseason and even last year we saw a couple games that pair of Ronald Hernandez and Brooks Lennon on the side I think uh, it was Montreal or something like that that we started with that pair and then in the season in the preseason uh, we saw a little bit of Caleb Wiley as a, as a left wing especially in Mexico we saw a little bit of that so we were prepared for that but obviously based on the players I had on the bench today it it makes sense to finish that way Uh, but I was pleased with that because both of them uh, Caleb and Brooks they have a speed and and you saw that both of them they had a 1v1 against the goalkeeper Caleb was the goal and uh, so I was very pleased with that aggression to running behind from both of them.
2: All right, Gonzalo Pineda with his post-game remarks after Atlanta United's 3-1 win over Sporting Kansas City. Thanks as well to Dom Dwyer for giving us time after the match. I I anticipate that's not the first time we're going to be talking to Dom after a match in 2022. We'll have more in a moment, including the highlights from Atlanta United's 3-1 win over Sporting Kansas City coming up after this on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. right, back on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9. The game, Atlanta United 3-1 winners over Sporting Kansas City this afternoon. In front of nearly 68,000 fans here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If you are new to the full-time report, first of all, where have you been these last five years? Exactly. And second of all, we always play music either from artists or themed towards the city. That Atlanta United
1: conquered, and today that city is Kansas City. You might hear this, and you're like, wait a minute, that's Janelle Monet. She's from Atlanta. Well, she's based in Atlanta now, but she was born in Kansas City. So when we get those crossovers, that's a no-brainer. Funny Janelle Monae story. And oh, This is going to toot
2: my horn just a little. Uh, I think I uh, might
1: be able to toot my horn on this one, too, but go ahead. um,
2: So Janelle Monae uh, is a – or was, uh, for a time, a frequent guest to the radio station. And uh, uh, back in the day, I used to do the morning sports on V103, and one day Janelle Monae was in the studio when I came in to do sports. Now, I'm a huge Janelle Monae fan, loved Hidden Figures, um, love her music, obviously, just a big fan of hers in general, mm-hmm. for many obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was introduced to Janelle Monet and she goes, Oh, I know who you are. You have the most wonderful voice. Aww. And I go... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely lost my <laughs> composure, lost my cool. Uh, very, very nice person. Yeah,
1: one now of the I'm best okay. live artists you'll you'll ever see. I got really lucky and saw her at Smith's Old Bar way back Whoa, in the day. Oh, really? At Lenny's on Decab Avenue no way back in the day. I, uh, good friends of mine, uh, Band Tenderberry, opened for Janelle and some of those guys went on to play with Janelle's band so
2: wow yeah. that'd be like seeing Bruce Springsteen at the Stone Pony yeah
1: that, seeing her in a wow. tiny little place like that was amazing
2: that yeah that is
1: cool so
2: uh Anyhow, Atlanta United 3-1 winners over Sporting Kansas City this afternoon. We're going to get to the highlights in a moment. Very nearly a clean sheet for Brad Guzan today. Uh, but uh, Daniel Shallowie interrupted those plans in the 85th minute. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. Let's get to the highlights of today's match. Just the goals starting in the 20th minute first 20 minutes of the match pretty much evenly playing chances a little slow to evolve but in the 20th minute atlanta united works this beautiful team goal joseph martinez to tyler wolf to Luis arruge cut it into the middle of the russell now sending it to the edge of center circle a poor ball it's intercepted by wolf sending it down the middle to joseph ahead to arruge in the box shot score The first goal of the 2022 Atlanta United season comes from Luis Arruju and it's 1-0 in the 20th minute. But as Jason alertly pointed out, Aruju was grabbing his hamstring as soon as he took the shot and uh, he tried to play on for another minute or two just to buy time for a substitution to be made. You heard Gonzalo Pineda say, obviously it didn't look good, but they don't have a prognosis. But it, it's pretty obvious, it, at best, pulled hamstring for Luis Arruzio, at best.
1: Yeah, and that's a few weeks uh, of an injury you know, at a minimum. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. It, it's, it's too early to tell. But that play happens because of the pressure that Atlanta United will pile on when they lose possession Forced a turnover. Tyler Wolf pounces on the loose ball. Puts in a good pass to Joseph Martinez, who catches everyone but Luis Araujo by surprise with a crafty little flick, and Araujo buries it. 1-0 Atlanta United, and then Gonzalo
2: Pineda has to get creative with Araujo coming out and... Even though Moreno and Lennon played, it was pretty obvious they could only maybe give 20, 25 minutes. So in making a first-half sub, he turns to Dom Dwyer. Dwyer was not necessarily playing two up top. Dwyer was playing a lot on the right wing. And as a right winger, he was on the finishing end of this opportunity in first-half stoppage time to give Atlanta United the 2-0 halftime lead. Susie sends it down the right wing, taken away from Russell by Robinson, cleared by Wolf, up to Joseph. Joseph ahead to Dwyer, wide open down the right wing, trying to run him down as Fontes. Here's Dwyer, right side of the 18, gets by Fontes, and shoots! Score! Bob Dwyer has scored for Atlanta United! I don't believe it! What is going on in this world? Dwyer has scored for Atlanta United. Some of you might not know the context about Dom Dwyer, by the way. I think most of you listening to us probably do, but some might not. Uh, Look, we've been joking around about this a little bit, but Dom Dwyer was... uh, really one of the faces if not the face of the orlando city team in 2017 that really created an instant rivalry with atlanta united and they played three fantastic matches in 2017 this was really before atlanta united asserted itself as a club completely superior to and dominant of orlando city but in 2017 dwyer uh, was kind of the face of that team and dwyer um was known um, for, among other things, for being a master of the dark arts of soccer with Orlando. And as such, I think it's safe to say, was not necessarily the most popular player in the world for Orlando City here in Atlanta. So when Dwyer was uh, trialing with Atlanta United earlier this month, I'll admit it took me a little time to kind of process that. But he's on our team now, and I'm glad he's here. And he scored a goal. And and look, I mean, all jokes aside, I think you had it bang on when we talked about this at halftime. Dom Dwyer's a veteran who came into this team and immediately commanded respect from everyone else in the dressing room. One of the offseason needs that Gonzalo Pineda identified, Jason, was finding players with MLS experience who can help see out matches. Alonso is one of them. He was great today, but Dom Dwyer's going to prove to be another one.
1: Yeah, I think this is another situation where the high-profile moves get everyone's attention and it's something atlanta united will always do and you're always going to see the tiago almadas come into a team and be huge and get headlines all over the world but the moves that win trophies are some of the more underrated ones ozzy Alonso, even a big ish kind of move think back to last summer when there were injuries in the middle of the park santiago sosa was banged up and they really didn't have another player who could play the six at that time And I remember being on the road trip right after Amar Sadich was signed, and I was talking about how much I loved that pickup because of his versatility. And he can play anywhere in that midfield. He can play as a six, but I think we saw today as an eight, as a linker, as a box-to-box guy, he can be a starter in this league. You go get him in a trade, that was a huge pickup, and it's paying off now. It paid off last year. It's really paying off right this minute. Dom Dwyer was a free agent signing that – called everybody by surprise he needed more depth up top didn't expect him to play on the wing but when you're missing the pieces you are and Dwyer told us he's like you got to be ready and you can play in any of those positions in the front three he found ways to impact the game even outside of his goal what a performance from Dom Dwyer today that's probably his best performance in a couple of years
2: we're going to go back downstairs in a moment. Just want to complete the highlights for a moment. It was 2-0 Atlanta United at halftime. Atlanta United felt like they had the run of play most of the second half, although SKC had more of the ball. In the 85th minute, it got a little nervy just for a moment when Sporting Kansas City scored off this corner kick. Hernandez up to the ball, strikes it going for the front post, and it bounces to Russell, who slammed dunks it home on the far post, and Sporting is right back in it here in the 85th minute. 2-1, the score, Atlanta United leading. It was Daniel Shallowey, not Russell, but Atlanta United came right back, uh, really controlled play right off the kickoff, and they didn't give Sporting Kansas City an opening. And three minutes after that Shallowy goal, Caleb Wiley puts the game away for Atlanta United, the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanna. They're going to bounce it down the near touchline. Lennon is able to dispossess and Denve. Moreno then clears up to Alonso. Poked ahead now to Moreno. Moreno sending it down the middle to Caleb Wiley. One via the keeper. Caleb Wiley shot. Score. Caleb Wiley caps off the afternoon with a homegrown goal for Atlanta United. They will win their 2022 opener. George Bello scored in his MLS debut. Caleb Wiley did the same today, and he's now at the I podium downstairs. About kind of your
1: emotions just going into the game, even before the goal, because I saw you get up and start warming up when Luis went out. Yeah. Did you think you were going to have a chance to get in then, and then just in general... You know, I'm sure every everybody pictures it going exactly like how it went for you today. Yeah. But just what were those emotions getting out? Yeah, of they shirt? were definitely up and down.
5: Um, I mean, being asked to go warm up in the early minutes of the game, and then like back and forth. Um, so my emotions were definitely going up and down. Um, but I had a feeling that I was going to go in towards the end. Um, so I was just mentally preparing for it, and uh, and that's what I did. and It was good. Uh, Caleb
2: Sam Franco, Mouth of the South podcast. Um, blowing late leads or not being able to hold on to a lead late is something this team has had a little bit of trouble with over the past few years. Is that something that uh coach Pineda has kind of drilled into y'all uh, recently or getting ready for this season that you know obviously, you know, your goal kind of sealed the deal yeah. there going the opposite direction, but is that something he's hammered home deal?
5: Uh yeah, a little bit. Um I think it definitely just comes down to us and our mentality and just, you know, fighting until that the, those whistles um go and um just, you know, no matter what, no, how, no matter how hard it gets, just just keep on going. And um, I think that's what we did today. I know they scored one, but um, I'm happy to, to, to get one back.
4: Hey, uh, congratulations. Uh, Nelly Guzman from Pulse ATL. Uh, your debut, first goal, dream come true. You just said it. What advice do you have for all the young players right now?
5: Um, just just keep on dreaming. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't be who you want to be. Um, and just, just just, go out there um, and just do you have fun, believe in yourself, and, um, you know, you'll achieve it. Thank you.
1: Uh, did you have family members
5: here? I did, yes.
1: Um, how, how many and how are you going to
5: celebrate? Um, my parents and my sister were here um, alongside, um, like, family friends a lot, um, and I don't know how we're going to celebrate tonight. <laughs> They're
4: uh, not you.
5: <laughs> Hopefully not.
4: Sandy, your
0: last one. Hey, Caleb, Sandy from Atlanta United. I was wondering about if you could tell us the meaning behind your goal celebration. It looked like you held up your hands with a heart. Uh, what's the meaning behind that?
5: Yeah, I mean, just, it just shows how much love I have for this, this city and this club. Um, they've given me so much, um, and so it's just a way of giving back. And like I said, I mean, it was a huge, special moment for me to do it in front of you know these amazing fans,
2: friends, family. Um, so it was just an overall special moment. How cool is that for Caleb Wiley? You know, Jason, um, I think back to the parade following the MLS Cup in 2018 and how uh, there was a double-decker bus of the first team players And behind that double-decker bus was a double-decker bus of the academy players all the way down to U10s. Caleb Wiley would have been on that bus. Caleb Wiley uh, undoubtedly uh, has been in this stadium sitting in the seats that many of our listeners sat in today and then later in his career up in the booth as a, a member of Atlanta United too. But how cool is that to see the evolution of Caleb Wiley Uh, who started with the Atlanta United Academy in July of 2016. Just doing the math, he would have been 11 years old, and now he scores a goal at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in his MLS
1: debut. That's what Atlanta United gets from the investment that Arthur Blank put in before the first team hits the field. We've seen so many teams in MLS... Come in and not take the academy development seriously. And, and it has so many different impacts. I mean, what we're seeing here is the impact on the field, and, and we get to see that up close. But it has an impact in the local community. You know, Caleb Wiley watched George Bellow's progression, and Caleb Wiley wanted to be the next George Bellow. He played the same position. He wanted to be that next guy. He is. He is. And What it does now, Caleb Wiley having that moment, is that next young left back, maybe he's in the U-14s, maybe he's in the U-12s, maybe he's nine years old and playing in one of the many local leagues here, and now he says, I want to be like number 26, I want to be like Caleb Wiley. And you've set that mark now. So to do this, and you look at some of the other teams that have come into the league around the same time as Atlanta United... You don't see homegrowns scoring goals. You don't see homegrowns starting on the back line. You don't see homegrowns impacting games. You don't see homegrowns making moves to top five leagues in Europe. From anybody else right now that came in the same time as Atlanta United did, it's incredibly impressive. And it, it is a credit to Arthur Blank having the vision, Darren Eels, Carlos Bocanegra setting that tone and wanting to invest the time and energy into that, and all of the talented people. Who, have, who are still in the academy, who have come through the academy, directors, coaches, everybody, because there's so many people behind the scenes that help get Caleb Wiley to where he is, that help get George Campbell to where he is. Tyler Wolfe. It's so important, that work. And that's why I'm always talking about the twos. That's why I'm always talking about it, the academy, because that's where this club lives and breathes. That's the DNA of Atlanta United. It's in those kids who come through.
2: All right, we'll take another break. We'll come back with your questions and comments from Twitter. If you haven't sent it in yet, last call. Send them to at Mike Conti 929 and at Longshoe. And the full-time report after Atlanta United's 3-1 win over Sporting Kansas City continues here on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Fleet
4: Cards USA.
2: Fleet Cards USA, Barb speaking. Hiya. I mean, when I think of Kansas City, I always think of R&B music. You do? Not in the least. <laughs> I think of barbecue. I think of Jack Stacks. Remember when we went to Jack Stacks a couple years I ago, remember. how good that was? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think of barbecue and Hallmark Cards, not necessarily... R and B music. Oh, we so- got to give
1: Orrin a shout out on this. Yeah, one. We yeah. Get reunited with Orrin first off today, which yeah, is always fun. That's right, and he's bringing the knowledge on low key which I'd forgotten all about. Good pull,
2: music from. And about Kansas City on the full-time report. Atlanta United 3-1 winners over Sporting Kansas City this afternoon. Forgot to tell you, by the way, that Wiley goal being the hot play of the match. It's brought to you by Scana. For over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 today. All right, your questions and comments on Twitter. At Mike Conti 929 and at Long Elliot Reader asks a good question. So this is the first time that multiple players have scored in a match while making their Atlanta United debut. Uh, Elliot, we are checking, and that's that's something we probably won't be able to confirm until later this week. It was pointed out to me, though, by Johannes Schneider, who does an absolutely terrific job with stats and research for the club, that it is very likely that occurred during the 2017 season because of course everyone was making their club debuts yeah. in 2017. That's a so like different. the orange ball game in Minnesota. Yeah, yes. Like that everyone everyone had their <laughs> but as far as post 2017 is concerned we're going to check on that. It's a good question. Um Caleb Wiley and Dom Dwyer fitting that category today. And, again, if you missed it, Wiley, to my knowledge, only the second Atlanta United homegrown player to score in his MLS debut. The first was George Bello, and that was also here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium back in 2018. I believe the opponent was New England Revolution. Uh, Blue Mel says, the man of the match for me was Gonzalo Pineda. Such an all-around team game, everyone contributed. Well played, but even better coached. He almost forgot that Araujo went out injured and that the team did not skip a beat.
1: Yeah, I I think there were some changes once Araujo left, and we talked about it in the first half. I, I think the way the team defended changed. You know, they would have liked to have been on the front foot a little bit more, and Araujo leading the press when they, when they were out of possession, you didn't have that. Dwyer's not that kind of a player. He's different. But they handled it really well, and it's a credit to Alonzo. It's really a credit to Mateus Osetsu. I was looking at his heat map at halftime, and he looked like a right winger because he was drifting over to cover that space that araujo generally would have covered from a defensive perspective. Kansas City tried to exploit it, and they were not able to. Gonzalo Pineda having the, the guts to make that call because that's a difficult one. You don't plan for that. You don't really have a flowchart of injury in the first 20 minutes, then what? And you didn't have a like-for-like like either, really, on the bench. That's the other thing about the injury situation that the club is in. You didn't have an easy choice on what to do there. I thought Caleb Wiley possibly at that point, he was warming up, but it was Dwyer the first off the bench, ready to come in being a veteran he gave you the best he could as a winger and he played as a true winger he did not play as a second forward he was out wide but he gave you what he could there defensively and he got help from the guys behind him
2: Brandon Mincy wants to know what would be the optimal attacking front once
1: Almada and Araujo get on the pitch together it's Aruju on the right. It's Almada centrally to me. It's Moreno coming off the left. But don't get hung up on Almada being central and Moreno on the left because they're going to interchange. I, I think what you see with this attacking foursome, when they're going to be full, and they've got to b- develop the chemistry. And, look, maybe the, the fit is different with Moreno central and Almada wide. But the left side is going to collapse in a little bit more. You want to get Araujo in 1v1 situations. He will hang out wider at times. I think a lot of times you'll see the play build up on the left to then get Araujo in his 1v1s and to have him finish things from the right either for himself or have the final ball into Joseph or into somebody else. Almada and Moreno will be very interchangeable in my opinion. But it'll be a 4-3-3. It'll be a somewhat narrow 4-3-3. And, and Almada, I would expect, I think he's at his best centrally. But he can play out wide, too. Uh, Elliot wants to know which player impressed us the
2: most in this game. And, again, Gutman was our man of the match. But um, is there someone we haven't talked
1: about yet that you want to give a shout to? Amar Sadich. Uh, Amar Sadich, who I uh, talked about. But Amar Sadich, um, I thought, was, was absolutely brilliant in, in this in his 75 minutes. 83% passing on the day um, I thought he was really nifty in some tight spaces in the midfield in plays that you know didn't create a chance but got you out of trouble and then gave someone else the opportunity to create a chance. He had three interceptions he won two tackles he was involved defensively but Amar Sadich with what he did in Birmingham last week and then today showing his quality you know I'm always going to shout out the holding midfielders and Sadich is one that I just enjoy watching. He's so tidy in possession and so good on the ball, so technical. All right, TJ Runyon says, I don't see how you play
2: Franco over George Campbell after that performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think Franco is the better player right now in Campbell's development process. He's still young. Um, Fifteen games last year, six starts last year. He gets the start here. It, a lot of it will really depend on Franco's fitness. You know, he did not play for Atlanta United two yesterday in a scrimmage. I thought maybe he would, knowing that he wouldn't play today. Um, he had done that previously, but it really it's just going to depend on where he is. This was the first time, from my research, that Robinson and Campbell played together in a four man back line. They were in starting lineups together in a three center back setup, but that's a different, differently, different entirely. It was the first time we saw it, and something that stuck out to me, and if Campbell stays in the lineup, I think one of the things that will keep him in the lineup was watching late in the game, it was Campbell who was very vocal in organizing. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that. I know Brad Gazan was vocal. He's always vocal at all times. But... George Campbell was the one who was demonstrative, pointing out who to pick up on set pieces, really yelling at his back line to stand up. I did not see that coming.
2: All right, one more from Ricky Ricardo. He says, how much time do you see more potential for four fullbacks on the field?
1: It, it's, it doesn't, they didn't play as fullbacks. They did, the two of them didn't play as fullbacks. And I think that's the important thing here. And, you know, we talk about how to build a roster a lot when we, we have this conversation and we kind of, you know, dig deep into this. Atlanta United has always prioritized soccer players, not players who play one position. They want guys who can play the game. They want guys that if you go and set up a futsal pitch and it's just you know, goalkeeper and four on the field, they're going to figure it out because they're good soccer players. They have high soccer IQs. Brooks Lennon started as a winger, has been converted to a right back. He can play on the wing when you need. We saw it last year, as Gonzalo Pineda pointed out. Caleb Wiley, as I mentioned, Played left back consistently, but played left wing some last year for Jack Collison with Atlanta United, too. That's not out of the ordinary for outside backs to play as wingers in some situations or vice versa. Go back to 2019. It wasn't a a fullback, but it was a wingback, Justin Merrim, who had to play that due to injuries. And it worked out. Breck Shea is a player who, who did the same thing where he turned into a fullback from a winger like Brooks Lennon did. Shea did it later. It's you want soccer players. You know, in the midfield, it's the same thing. Like, you know, we don't get hung up on a Sadic playing as a 6 or an 8 or a 10, even though he can play all of them. Osvaldo Alonso can play the 6 or the 8. You need guys who can play different positions because you never know if you're going to be in the situation. And I didn't think Dom Dwyer had the versatility to do what he did today, but he did because he's a smart soccer player. You go get soccer players. You don't go get players who play one position. And that's something that gives Gonzalo Pineda the tools to be able to solve the problems that he had today with injuries, with absences. He had to find a group that worked to beat a very good team. He
2: did. Okay, we'll take one more break. We'll come back with a preview of next Saturday's match in Colorado and also a quick update on Ezekiel Barco. Coming up after this As Atlanta United defeat Sporting Kansas City this afternoon, 3-1 here on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We've reset expectations to stun with
1: ChaseAmpsung.com.
2: Well, this is the extended intro of Fats Domino singing about Kansas City. Really going so, back yeah, on this one. We'll, we'll just jump in. First song that makes sense on the full time report. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. 3 <laughs> 1 Atlanta United over sporting Kansas City this afternoon at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Quick note on Ezekiel Barco. Uh, He opens his River Plate goal-scoring account this evening down in Argentina. It was a beautiful goal. Yeah,
1: great goal. And the reaction from Barco scoring against Rossing as well. And and Barco being developed at Independiente. Talk about rivalries. Uh, Those two clubs are separated by pretty much one street. The stadiums are, like, across the street from one another. A lot of hatred between Independiente and Rossing. So it had to be against Rossing. For Barco to get his first goal on his return to Argentina. Great goal. Great to see that. All right. So, for Jason
2: and I, it's on to Colorado and another rarely played opponent next week Colorado Rapids, who uh, won the Western Conference regular season title last year, went into CONCACAF Champions League, and they have really, really struggled to begin their season through CONCACAF and then bombed yesterday by LAFC. Three I think the expectations change a little bit now for Atlanta United, Jason, based on this performance today, even though they lose Luis Aruju. I was kind of thinking, yeah, you get maybe nine points out of your first four matches. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't think there's a reason to believe that Atlanta United can't get 12 now in their first four matches. Now you're getting greedy. Okay. I I, I it's not greedy. It it's reality. I mean, <laughs> look, I, and I, it, let me tell you why I say that just really quickly, because I saw Charlotte. They do not look good. Montreal did not look good today against Orlando. You don't want to overreact to one match, but yeah. your next three matches are against teams that really did not look good this weekend.
1: Yeah, Montreal looked really good in CONCACAF Champions League, though. Might true. have had the CCL hangover a little bit That's today. That's uh, Colorado did not look good in CONCACAF Champions League or in their MLS opener. Three games, one goal. And, and this is a team that did lose a couple of pieces from last year's Western Conference regular season champs but they still didn't get a number nine. And that's really what it comes back to. They've had a goal scoring by committee approach. Well, the committee is arguing amongst themselves and isn't getting anything done right now. So they've got to figure that out. They didn't look good defensively at times against Comunicaciones either. Atlanta United, does wait now on what's next for Luis Araujo. They're waiting right now on if Tiago Almada will get the visa this week and be able to join the team. Marcelino Moreno, at least we know we're not waiting on him now. Going to wait to see really how much he has in the tank for that game in Colorado. Last time we were in Colorado, Atlanta jumped out early and got early goals That's going to be the key in this one. You get an early goal, I think Colorado's confidence will be very shaky.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll be on the air next Saturday, six days from now, 5.30 Eastern time for the Five Stripes Countdown. Six o'clock will be the kickoff time from Dick's Sporting Goods Park in Commerce City, Colorado, as Atlanta United goes out to play the Rapids in Colorado for over time ever and the first time since 2018 producer today orin romaine this went a lot better than the last time orin produced the season opener for us you remember that one
5: (laughs) yeah that was in houston in
2: 2018 and that did not go. I i remember orin came on at halftime and goes man that was terrible I, I was thinking that's the first half of Atlanta United I've ever called. And if they're all going to be like this, I don't know how it's going to work out. So, Oren, great to have you back. Oren will be with us next week. Miller Pope, our engineer today. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Atlanta United over Sporting Kansas City 3-1. We will see you Saturday night for more Atlanta United here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.